Let us turn to the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses, two, uh, verses 1 to 12. But our focus this morning will be from verse 1 to 7. But for the sake of context, understanding the context, we are reading verse 1 to 12. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. And our title this morning is The Hindrances to Salvation. The Hindrances to Salvation. We are going to see the things that hinder many to put their trust in Jesus Christ and repent from their sins and be saved. But we are also going to see the things that can help us to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. Mark chapter 2 Verses 1 to 12. The Bible read, And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, Questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, Jesus perceiving in his spirit that they, they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk. By that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Amen. There are always two responses to the gospel. When the gospel is preached to people, there are always two responses. There are those who receive and obey the gospel, when it is preached to them. And there are those who reject it. It has, it has been so even when Christ lived on this earth. Even during the time of our Lord Jesus Christ. There have always been these two responses to the gospel. Many people saw the miracles that Jesus performed. And they heard his teachings. 
but they didn't believe in him. But others believed in him. There, there were those who followed him and they were transformed. They were made new creatures. It has been the same throughout church history. Since the coming, the first coming of our dear Lord Jesus Christ on this earth, it has always been so. There there has always been people who reject the gospel and people who receive it. And it is the same even today. Many people refuse to recognize Jesus Christ. They refuse to believe in him. But there are also many who have found him, who have put their trust in him. There are many who who have received him as their Lord and Savior in their lives. There are so many who have accepted him and experienced transformation in their lives. But why is it so? Why do the majority of people refuse to believe in the Lord? Why do they refuse to accept someone who could transform them Someone who could deliver them from the bondage of sin and death. Why do they refuse to accept someone who could turn their hell to heaven? Why do they refuse and reject him? A person who can save them. And why do the majority reject him? But why do, do, do the minority also accept and believe in him? We will find answers in this passage. The passage we have read. We will find answers to those questions. We will see why many people reject him and why others accept him. So let us begin by looking at the reasons why some accept him. And this brings us to our first heading. The first reason we see in this passage is that to believe in Christ's power saves. Let us read verse 1 and 2. We are told here, And when he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. Here, in these verses, Jesus is in Capernaum. He had just returned from Galilee. He went to Galilee and he preached the word there. And after finishing his work in Galilee, he returned to Capernaum. And when people heard that he was in Capernaum, they came in big numbers to meet him. They came to see him because they heard about the amazing miracles which Jesus had done. Many people wanted to be healed and all were curious 
to hear his teachings because they had never heard someone teaching like him. So they were curious, they wanted to hear his teachings. So people came in big numbers and the house was filled. And we are told here in these verses that the house was filled and there was not even a room. There, not, there was not any place for more people. And as people gathered in that house, our Lord preached to them as usual. And as he was preaching, some people brought a paralytic man to Christ for healing. And this is what we find in verse 3. We are told here, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Paralytic here is a lame person. So these people brought their paralytic brother or friend to Christ because they believed that Christ was able to heal him. So that is one of the reasons why some people accept Jesus Christ. It is because they believe that he has power to save. You can see these people here. They brought this paralytic man to Christ because... They believed that Jesus Christ was able to heal their friend. They believed in Christ's power to save their friend. Faith in Christ's ability to save is very important. You cannot be saved, you cannot come to Christ if you do not believe in Christ's ability to save you. In order to come to Christ for salvation, you must believe in his ability to save you from the bondage of sin and from the power of death. If you don't believe in his ability to save, you can never come to him. So believing in Christ's ability to save is one of the reasons why many come to Jesus Christ. Many put their trust in Him and repent of their sins. Christ is able to save you from the bondage of sin. He is able to transform you. He has the power to change you. He can give you a new heart. He can change your eternal destination. If you are heading to hell, He can change that destination. And it, it can be to heaven. Believe in him. And ask him to save you. You need only to believe in Christ's ability to save you. In order for you to come to him for your salvation. That is very, very important. And that is one of the reasons why many people come to Jesus Christ. They know that they are sinners. They are under the bondage of sin and under the power of death. But they cannot save themselves. And when they discover that Christ is able to save them, they come to him in the same way these people came with their friend to Jesus Christ for healing. So believe in Christ's ability to save you. 
when you believe in his ability to save you, you will go to him and he will surely save you. There are so many people who say, I am a sinner. And I don't know how I can abandon my sins. I have tried before, again and again. I am controlled by sin. I am under the bondage of sin. The people who say that, who acknowledge their powerlessness to deliver themselves from sin, they should know that Christ is able to deliver them. Christ can change them. Christ can deliver them from the bondage of sin. He has done that before. He has transformed people. People who were worse sinners were transformed by Jesus Christ and they became righteous men. He is able to do that. So let us go to him and he will deliver us. Even believers who have fallen into sin in one kind of sin or another and they, 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 sometimes, they sometimes say I don't know how I can abandon this sin it is so difficult for me if you are in that condition my dear friend I can assure you that Christ is able to deliver you he is able to restore you back. So go to him and he will transform you. So my dear friends, we need to believe in Christ's ability to save in order to be saved. But another thing we need that we see in this passage is determination we need to be determined to be resolved and we see this in verse 4 let us read verse 4 and when they could not get near him because of the crowd they removed the roof the roof above him and when they had made an opening they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay you see how these people were determined. The people who brought that paralytic to Christ were firmly determined to help their friend to find healing. They were resolved. It seemed impossible to bring their paralytic friend to Christ. Jesus Christ was inside and the house was filled and it was difficult to find their way to Christ. Christ was inside there. And there, there was no way to, to, to reach him because the house was filled. But they didn't give up. They didn't just go back home. They didn't say, well... We, we really wanted our friend to be healed, but we cannot reach Christ. 
The house is filled. Let us go back home. They didn't say that. These people stayed there. They were looking for ways to reach Christ. They were determined in their hearts. They said in their hearts, today is today. Our friend has to be healed by Christ today. He has to see Christ today. We cannot go back just because the house is filled. They were not discouraged by the seeming impossibility of bringing their paralyzed friend to Christ. They were resolved to help their friend come to Christ. We all need such kind of determination if we are to be saved. We need that kind of determination, that kind of resolve. Christians should be determined to bring their unsaved friends and relatives to Christ. If you are a Christian and you have some family members who are not Christians, you should be resolved to bring them to Christ. You should be determined to bring them to Christ. We should use every opportunity we have to bring our friends to Christ, to bring our relatives to Christ, to bring our colleagues to Christ. And we can do that by first and foremost sharing the gospel with them. When we have opportunity to share the gospel with them, we should do that. We should tell them the good news of salvation. Tell your colleagues at work the gospel. Tell them about Christ, about his love, about his work on the cross of Calvary. Speak with them. Use every opportunity you have to share the gospel with people around you who are still lost in their sins. Be determined, be resolved to do that. And another thing you can do is to invite them to church. Invite your friends, invite your colleagues, invite your relatives to church so that they can come and hear the gospel. Use every opportunity, be resolved to bring them to Christ. And above all, we should ceaselessly pray for their salvation. I know that it can be sometimes difficult to share the gospel with our colleagues, with our friends, with our family members. It can be difficult sometimes. And it can be provocative sometimes. When we tell them about Jesus, they can become angry. So what we can do is to pray for them. Pray for their salvation every day. Whenever you go to your knees, remember them in your prayers. Tell God, I have this colleague who is still lost in his sins. 
May you save him. May you have mercy upon him. May you open doors, opportunities for him to hear the gospel. Pray for their salvation ceaselessly, all the time. But those who are not Christians, they should also be determined to find salvation. They should earnestly pray for their salvation. Those who have already discovered that they are sinners and they cannot save themselves, they should be determined to find salvation. They should regularly hear the word of God because the word of God tells us that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And how does that faith come? Comes. It comes by hearing the word of God. So those who are still lost and they want to be saved, they should be determined to find salvation. And uh, they, 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 they should find salvation by hearing the word of God. So let them be determined to hear the word of God again and again. So determination is very important. And uh, determination needs to be accompanied by patience. Those who want to be saved, they should be patient. They should be patient. They should hear the word of God all the time. They should pray again and again. But sometimes it can take time before they are saved. That is why they need to be patient. The friends of this paralytic man were able to finally bring him to Christ because they were determined. If they were not determined, they couldn't have achieved what they came for. They were determined and they were also patient. Because they were determined, they persevered. They were patient. They didn't say, well, it has taken time, he's still talking there, we cannot reach him, let us go back home. No. They stayed there, trying to, 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 to think what they can do in order to bring their friend to Christ. They persevered. They were patient because they were truly determined to bring their friend to Jesus Christ. And because of their perseverance, because of their determination, they finally brought their friend to Christ. And this is what we see in verse 4. We can read that verse again. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening... They let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. They found a way to bring their friend to Jesus Christ. They were determined. They said to themselves, 
it is difficult to bring him to Christ. But we will not go home before Christ sees him. We will remain here until Christ sees him and deliver him. They then got an idea of how they could bring their friend to Christ. They went on the roof of the house and they made a hole on that roof and they let their friend down to the feet of Christ. Can you see my dear friend? They said today is today. Our friend has to be delivered today. We are not going home. We will stay here. And they found their way to Jesus Christ. And they did all that because they were determined. So you can also be saved if you are determined. Don't stop seeking the Lord just because He hasn't saved you immediately. Some people stop seeking the Lord because they haven't seen change in their lives after praying for their salvation a couple of times. I have had people telling me, even recently, there is a young man who called me and said, Eric, I'm tired now. I am tired. I have been living this kind of life of sin for many years. And I have prayed to God several times. But nothing has changed in my life. Now I'm giving up. And I told him, don't give up. Don't give up. Continue praying. Continue seeking the Lord. Continue praying. And continue hearing his word. So my dear friend. If you are in the same situation. Don't give up. Be resolved. Be determined. Tell yourself that you will not rest. Until God gives you rest. Salvation is the most important thing you need in in your life. You need it more than anything else. You need it more than a good job, than a good education. You need salvation more than a, 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 a good car, more than anything else on this earth. Salvation is the most important thing you need. So continue praying for salvation. Continue hearing God's word. Continue attending worship services. Continue having fellowship with believers. Continue and continue. And Christ will save you. He has promised to save all who earnestly seek him. He forgives all who come to him by faith. And this is what we see in verse uh, 5. We are told, And when Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
wonderful, isn't it? When the paralytic was brought to Christ, his sins were forgiven. And these men brought him because they believed in Christ. They believed in his ability to save their friends. They, they had faith. And Jesus said to this paralytic, Your sins are forgiven because of faith. So this man, this paralytic, might have been troubled in his heart. You know? Because here Jesus Christ is not talking about his faith, the faith of the man who was lame of the paralytic. He's talking about the faith of those who brought him. But this man might have also had faith. He might have been troubled in his heart. He might have felt unworthy to come before Christ who is sinless. And Christ saw how remorseful he was in his heart. And he forgave his sins. That is why he began, he began with forgiving his sins. He didn't begin with healing him. Of course he came there so that he could be healed physically. But he also needed this spiritual healing. And when he came to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ saw his heart. He saw how remorseful he was, perhaps, and he forgave his sins. So, my dear friend, when you seek the Lord, when you seek salvation, you must hurt your sins. In fact, it is the hatred of sin that makes one to be determined to find salvation. You cannot be resolved to seek salvation if you do not hate your sins. You need to hate your sins. You need to say, I am a sinner. I have sinned against a holy God. And I don't want to sin against Him anymore. I want to be reconciled with Him. I need to be transformed. I need to be changed. When you begin to think like that, you will be determined to seek salvation. Those who are determined are normally people who hate their sins. Those who are resolved to seek salvation, they are normally people who hate their sins, who hate their condition. They don't want to live in sin. They don't want to offend God. They don't want to be separated from God because sin separates us from God. They want to live lives that are pleasing to God. They want to be reconciled with God. They want to be at peace with God. They are people who want radical change in their lives. Those are people who earnestly seek Christ. So my dear friend, hate your sinful life. Hate your sins. Hate them because they separate you from God. 
if you are not a Christian, you are separated from God. You cannot have fellowship with God. And why? It is because of sin. And if you are a Christian who is living in sin, your relationship with God is somehow damaged in that period you are living in sin. You cannot enjoy your salvation. You cannot be happy in Christ when you are living in sin. So in order to be happy in Christ, you must hate your sin and forsake them if you are a believer. Sins make you guilty and miserable. It is therefore important that you hate them and seek salvation from their power. If you truly hate your sins, you will earnestly seek the Lord. And when you seek Him earnestly, you will definitely find Him. He will forgive you. He will change you. He will give you a new heart. That is what also happened to the paralytic man. His sins were forgiven as we have seen in verse 5. But some people were not happy when Christ forgave the sins of that man. They refused to accept to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of accepting him, they were opposing him. And why did they refuse to accept him? Why did they oppose him? The reasons are in the passage we have read here. We are going to see why they refused. And these are the same reasons why many people reject Christ even today. And this brings us to another heading. We are now going to see the hindrances to believe in the Lord. Let us read verse 6 and 7. We are told here, Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? The first hindrance we see in these verses is intellectual pride. Intellectual pride. We are told that some of the scribes were questioning the actions of Christ. Scribes were experts in the study of the law of Moses, in the study of Torah. They were experts of these books, Genesis to the Deuteronomy. The, the Scribes were experts. They knew everything in the Torah. They knew everything from Genesis to Deuteronomy. They could even recite the words in those books. When you come to them and ask them anything 
in those books. They could answer you even when they are asleep. They were experts of the word. They were intellectuals. They were learned people. And because of that, they felt that they knew more than Christ. They, they felt that they, they had to be Christ teachers. Who is he? They, 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 they say. What is he saying? Does he really know what he is saying? We know better than him. We are scribes. We are experts of the word of God. He is in fact blaspheming. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's taking the place of God. And we know what we are talking about. We are experts in the law of God. So intellectual pride blinded them to the truth. It blinded them to salvation. They didn't believe in Christ despite seeing all the miracles he performed. Despite hearing all the teachings he taught. They didn't believe in him because of that intellectual pride. The same pride is one of the causes of unbelief even today. Many people do not believe in Jesus Christ because of intellectual pride. They they know much. People think they know better than even God himself. Despite all the testimonies, despite all the proofs in the word of God, they still reject the truth of God's word. You may be in the same situation this morning. You may think you are smarter than God himself. You may think you know better than Christ. Because of the theories you've learned in school. Evolution theories. That teaches that God does not exist. And you think you know better than the Bible. My dear friend. If you are in that situation, you are mistaken. You are mistaken. You are behaving like the scribes. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. And put your trust in Jesus Christ. The second hindrance was prejudice. The scribes considered Christ to be a mere man. They judged him like that. Even if the whole Bible speaks about Christ, they couldn't recognize him. The the, the books they say they said they were experts of Torah, Genesis to Deuteronomy. Those books are full of Christ. Christ is in those books from beginning to the end. But despite him being in those books, they couldn't see him. They couldn't recognize him. 
they said, Who is he to forgive sins? Who is he? A mere man like him, a son of Mary and Joseph. Who does he think he is? He is nothing. So prejudice hindered them to believe in Jesus Christ. And that is what is happening even today. Thousands of people will will go to hell simply because of their prejudice. Before they even read the Bible, before they even attend a gospel church, they have already made up their minds about God. Some say, God does not exist. They haven't yet read the Bible to see if God does not really exist. But they have already made up their minds. And they say God doesn't exist. Others say he cannot be known. God cannot be known. Even if the Bible put it clear. It shows us how we can know God. It reveals God to us. But they say he cannot be known. They have already made up their minds. So prejudice is another hindrance to believe in Jesus Christ. And you may be in the same situation today. You may have already made up your mind. And think whatever you think about life, about God, about the world, about the universe. You don't want to hear anything else. Because you've already made up your mind. But I can tell you my dear friend, if you are in that situation. The Bible clearly teaches that God exists. He is. He is the creator of the universe. He is your creator. So remove that prejudice. Humble yourself. Read the Bible. Humbly and carefully. And you will find the answers to all your questions. Do not let prejudice hinder you. From believing in Jesus Christ and be saved. And the third hindrance is the love of the love for sin. These scribes didn't believe in Jesus Christ also because they loved their sins. Christ was exposing their sins. He was exposing their hypocrisy. He was exposing their sinful sinful lifestyles and so on. And they didn't like that. That is another reason why they opposed him. They didn't want to hear what he was teaching. And that can also hinder you to come to Jesus, the love for your sin. 
There are so many people who are not yet saved today because they love their sins so much. They say that if I go to Christ, He will change me. He will transform me. He will make me a new man. He will give me a new heart, a heart that will hate sin and love righteousness. And I still love my sins. And still, I'm still enjoying my sins. I don't want to abandon them. So I'm not going to Christ now. Because I don't want to be changed now. I still want to enjoy my sins first. There are so many people who are still lost in their sins because of that. And these people, the scribes were also lost because of their love for sin. So my dear friend, do not love sin. Hate sin. The consequences of this attitude are terrible. The consequences of rejecting Christ, they're terrible. By rejecting Christ, you are saying that you want to go to hell. By rejecting Christ, you are saying that you want to continue a miser- to be a miserable person on this earth. By rejecting Christ, you are losing so many blessings that comes with salvation. So the consequences are, 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 of this attitude are very, very terrible. So do not let all these things hinder you from receiving salvation. Give your life to Christ. Pray for your salvation. Hate your sins. Ask God to change you. To give you a new heart. And He will surely come to you if you are earnest in your prayers. So my dear friend, those are the things that can help us to find the Lord. And those are the things that can hinder us from finding salvation. Let us pray. Our dear God and our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this word. And we pray, O Lord, that this word will bear fruit in our lives. May you use this word, O Lord, to draw sinners to Christ and to help backslidden Christians to repent from their sins and live a happy life in Christ. We pray these things, O Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.